This is Michelle Dawes-Burke of Real Chicks Rock. And this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dusbert, <laughs> and I'm super excited. Yeah, because we're going to be talking about something we love to get a little hands on. We can't get enough of it. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But I want to welcome all of our new listeners today for the show. Thank you for joining us. Let me give you a little bit, a little bit of background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about the empowerment of women. And we do it through so many different ways. Well, not so many. We do it in a couple of different ways that I'm, I'm glad to be a part of. We do it through community service and activism. We do it through public speaking and mentoring. We do it through our t-shirt line. Yep. People are still rocking the brand. Yeah, yeah. We're going to launch a new a new collection of T-shirts real soon. And we also do it through the arts. And this particular platform is the media, which I've I've come to love in the past two and a half years because it gives us a platform to talk about the things that impact us most as women. Um, and so today is no different than any other day. I thought this would be apropos because this is my last show for the year. Oh, yeah. Last live show for the year. Yes, yes, this is it. And I wanted to go out with a bang. I didn't want to go out with a wish list or anything being sad or I don't have a boo or anything. No, I want to talk about, <laughs> I want to talk about something that's got some power and what it is mm-hmm. to me is money, right? Yes. There, that is the one thing I think is in the top three that people can never get enough of, which is love, sex, and money. And it's not always in that order, right? It's not always in that order. So I have two wonderful guests here with me today. Um, they, to me, are financial experts in their own right. I have a gentleman on the phone. He couldn't physically be here in the room today, but he was dedicated to the um, to the broadcast. And so he's calling in all the way from New York. I got Carl Agard on the phone and I got Charlotte Clark in the room with me today. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So today's topic is financial management. And like I said, I feel like these two people and just having conversations with them and just how they move in social media, off social media, in real life, just depicts what financial management should look like. I think they have the framework and the skill sets and the advice and the tools that we could talk about because a lot of us as people of color, we struggle a little bit. We struggle a lot. With our finances. We've made some bad decisions. Maybe we're not getting enough money. We don't know where to put the money. We don't know what to do. We're making deals off napkins. We're shaking hands. We don't have contracts. We don't really know what we're doing. The whole term about 401, we, some of us still don't know what that means and how to invest. So I just want to just kind of slow it down and take it from the beginning. But before we jump in, Carl, Tell the people just a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, so they'll know why you're able to talk the way that you talk. Carl, share a little bit with us if you can. All right, all right. Thanks for having me on. Love the show. Love the movement. This is (laughs) Carl Agard, the money expert, calling in from Brooklyn, New York. Rainy Brooklyn, New York, Mm -hmm. but I'm here. I'm here. This is the end of the year. Let's end it up with a bang. 
So basically, a little bit about me. I was one of the youngest black real estate brokers in Brooklyn wow. in the mid-90s. Wow. I used to flip brownstones, made my first million before the age of 30, mm-hmm. spent it all back. But hey, I learned how to make it. Mm-hmm. And I had mentors that told me it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Mm-hmm. I moved down to Atlanta in 2001, expanded my business and opened up an office down there in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. I started building houses in the Atlanta area. Also built houses in Charlotte and the St. Louis area while I was still also rehabbing Brownstone. So I did a lot of traveling up and down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, during my travels, I learned that people didn't know the basics of real estate, investing money, starting a business, credit, finance, and budgeting. So I wrote my first book in 2006 mm-hmm. called Getting the Real Out of Real Estate. Uh, self-published it. We sold 10,000 copies. Nice. And then what I did was every year I just started writing more and more books. So mm-hmm. then I followed that up with, uh, getting the real out of starting the business. And then I did getting the real out of improving your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, traveled all over the country, just basically empowering people on financial literacy. Cause that's very, very important and not taught at all, not in schools or in the homes. Right. And still have the movement going. Right. The real estate market crashed in 2008. I lost everything overnight, but I kept it moving. Right. A guy like me, I grew up in the projects of Brooklyn. So, hey, you have that hustler's mentality. Yeah. You just lick your wounds and keep it going. You so I just you. basically rebranded the business. We went into loss mitigation in terms of helping people save their homes from foreclosure. I also did more commercial real estate, um, small business financing, mm-hmm. helped a lot of business owners get started off the ground or when they're on the ground, get them hired to the clouds. And that's where we're at right now. That's a little bit. That's a nice. little bit. As we go along, you learn more of what I'm doing, but we're just keeping the movement going. Awesome. And everything you do is a learning, is a learning tool, a learning tool, always learning. Yeah. That's good stuff. Thanks, Carl, for that background. Charlotte, tell the people a little bit about yourself. I'm actually, I'm just a small town girl from Tennessee. I am a small town girl from Tennessee. Um, I, I did all the, the quote unquote right things, you know, went to school, mm-hmm. um, got a couple of student loans, paid them off, uh, went to graduate school on a scholarship. So I didn't have any uh, financial aid to pay back from mm-hmm. graduate school, mm-hmm. moved to Atlanta, got a decent job and, you know, stashed away my money. Um, ended up building up my credit score to over 800, building up my net worth to uh, about 300,000. I didn't make a million like wow. Carl, but I'm just a small town girl who, you know, basically just followed, you know, the rules. But like Carl, mm. I was also impacted by the financial, uh, by the housing crisis mm. and pretty much lost everything. Was laid off one year for about six months. Wow. Was laid off uh, two years later for a full year. Mm. Was laid off couple of years after that for a year and a half. Wow. So all in all, lost about maybe three, three and a half years worth of income. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm just so blessed to say that, you know, even during that time, because I had money stashed away, because I had a rainy day fund, right. because I've been responsible with my finances, I was able to, to weather the storm from all those times. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't have credit card debt, because I didn't have a car payment, because I, because I had, you know, followed the rules over the course of my life. I was I was able to really bounce back and be in a position now where I'm able to help people with their dreams, with their businesses. One of the things that I want to do down the line is I want to be a philanthropist because I yes. understand yes. that there's so many people in the arts community mm-hmm. that have so many things they want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm building a foundation right now to make sure that I'm completely 
stay better than stable right, so right. that I can give my money to help other people reach their dreams. Mm-hmm. But that's my story was just really, you know, just, you know, I didn't make millions, yeah. but, um, not but, yet, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Hey, but you got the mindset. But, you got the have, mindset. Exactly. Exactly. And Charlotte uh, did like a little ad this morning cause she's been excited about being on the show since I, I asked her and yeah. I asked her, you know, thank you guys for just supporting the show so much. I am booking for people to be on the show like three months out in advance. So I met Carl in September and now we're having this conversation now in December because the calendar has just been full of people. And so Charlotte has been like excited since I asked her to be on the show. So it's been a couple of months and weeks. So this morning you did like an ad or like, you know, just to say I'm going to be on a show, tune in, listen in, dial in to hear my story. And I heard you mention that you have not made six figures. I've never made six figures in my life. The mm-hmm. most amount of money I've made, I think, was $80,000. And that's with bonuses. And that's with wow. my side hustles. So a lot of the wealth that I've amassed mm-hmm. has been due to me just really being very diligent okay. about saving my money, delayed gratification, um, investing in the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, you know, if I can do it on... A salary ranging from you know forty seven to eighty thousand, mm-hmm. um, then anybody can do anybody it. Anybody can do anybody it. Anybody can do it. I want to talk about a little bit about the delayed gratification um, because you two are two different opposites. Totally. And knowing Carl, Carl is if I got it and I earn it, I'm gonna get what I want. Is that is that right, Carl? Is that fair to say about That's you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm on the note of work hard, party hard, reward myself. Yes. But within reason. Within reason. And I like what she said that a lot of people, they they make these excuses saying, hey, I have to have a certain amount of money to do this and a third. And they lose the opportunities. What I like about her, she said, hey, if she's keeping it 100, hey, you know what? I haven't made it. But, you know, you're going to make it because you're on, you're, you're on the way there. But you don't want to wait for stuff because right. opportunities come and go. Like, right. I was blessed to start real estate at a very young age and... I had opportunities to jump on something. I didn't wait to say, hey, I got to be at a certain age or got to have this certain amount of money. I just jumped into it. And then lo and behold, I was making a hundred thousand, a million dollars like that. And then, like I said, it comes and goes. You make it, you lose it, you go back and forth. But once you know how to make it and you learn from experience, you're always going to make it. So the key thing about it is a lot of people are having these excuses. And I think now social media is fostering it because anyone now could say, hey, you know what? If I could look like I'm making it, that's just as good right there. And they're, make, and they're making these opportunities come and go. Once you say, hey, you know what? Even though my credit score is not where it needs to be or my money's not where it needs to be, if I see an opportunity, I'm going to jump and do it and learn from that. Because what do you got to lose? You're either going to make the money or you're going to have an experience to do it better the next time. Uh-huh. So I really commend you for going ahead and mm-hmm. doing it. And being 100, let people know you don't have to be at that point because we all start at zero. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit, Carl, about your background, just the environment, because oftentimes uh, people of color, we may not always have the positive financial influences within our home. Sometimes, especially kids coming up in, in New York City, it's a very multicultural city. And sometimes people just take a liking to you that don't look like you. They see a potential in you. They see maybe a hustle, a drive, maybe an intellect. 
and they take a chance on you by showing you or tipping you or guiding you through the process. So for you, Carl, who, who were, who was the body of pe- people that helped you? I think it was a particular culture of people. Was it Italians? Was it the Jewish community? Who kind of put you on to this, to this lifestyle of financial empowerment and management? Yeah, it was real crazy. Um, I started uh, basically doing like parties and clubs and everything like that. I was renting out these lofts in um, New York and Brooklyn and doing parties out of it. But then after a while, the landlords would find out and kick you out. So me and my roommates, we was like, oh, man, you know, if we buy a house and live upstairs and the first floor we turn into a party place, we're good to go. <laughs> so then, you know, we bought a brownstone. Back then it was very cheap. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we was just daring, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't realize in your 20s and you look back and rest about how daring you was, mm-hmm. the balls you had to have to do this stuff. So we basically, we get a brownstone downtown Brooklyn. Um, we was renovating it to live upstairs and have downstairs as a lounge. That's before people started even doing lounges. Mm-hmm. And then... Someone came to us was like, oh, man, we want to buy the building as is right now. And it was $100,000 more than what we bought it for. So we're like, I bet that was our first big profit. Then one thing led to another. A guy was retiring, going back to Israel. He said, hey, I'm going to give you guys five houses. I don't care how you pick them up. Buy them off of me. I'll give you money back. Y'all can do your renovations. And that's that. So then, we next you know, we had six houses among us. Mm. And then we basically got them no money down. Uh, we bought it. We started renovating them. My first house was in Clinton Hills, which is a nice area in downtown Brooklyn. Um, I threw a fight party. And when I threw the fight party, people were like, oh, man, this is a nice house. How much is your rent? I said, no, nah, I own it. Right, and right. that's the reason I do the fight part because I'm always thinking ahead. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, cool. I know they're going to ask me about this so that I have my business mm-hmm. cards ready that I'll start my own real estate firm. Wow. So everybody's like, oh, man, I want to get a house. Because if you got a house with no money down, I'm in. So <laughs> the long story short, at the same time, I used to work for a nonprofit uh, because coming from the projects, I went to Syracuse University. I graduated. I came back to the hood. So basically, I was mentoring young adults to go to college. So my nonprofit basically backed me also in terms of, Mm -hmm. hey, we like your story. You came back. You're helping people out. So we're going to make sure that people, when you get your real estate license, sell their houses through you because you're one of us. Nice. So the Jewish guys that basically did the financing and they had the title companies, they said, hey, we want to basically do stuff in this area. But I knew I had it on lock. I said, hey, if you want to basically come to my area to buy houses, you got to show me the money game. Mm. So, hey, that's how you got leverage. I don't think we as a people know how to leverage what we have. Gotcha. We basically give away our stuff. Mm. I knew about leveraging. So I said, hey, if you guys got the money, I need your money. You need my houses. You got to come through me because I'm dealing with the churches and nonprofits and the politicians. Hey, you basically got to go through me. I'm the youngest black real estate broker in Brooklyn. What I say goes, mm. whether they knew it or not, I just leveraged <laughs> it out there. They said, hey, you know what? We're going to give you a million-dollar line of credit. You could buy and rehab houses, but you got to do it through us. I said, bet. And then basically, I give you the green light if you need to do certain things in this area. And that's how it happened. And then I just, there's a sponge, learning, learning right, and moving. Right, right. What they do with their money, how they reinvest, how they work together, how they teach people in their circle. And they believe me, they don't just give you information for GP. You got to basically leverage it and take it and learn. It got to be a sponge. So that's how I started learning the finance game. So uh, that's how I learned how 
you know, the mortgage game, commercial mortgage game, title companies, how to clear title, how to take your property, how you evaluate, how you buy it, how you sell it, how you make your profit. But definitely they taught me the game and I had to use that and disseminate it and teach our people, which yeah. I did through my book. I appreciate that. That's good. Can I follow up with something? Yeah, else? sure. So one of the things that I, I look back on and I realized that I didn't do, I think when I was maybe... 2021, mm-hmm. I did an internship at the Department of Energy mm-hmm. and I was, I went to a white college, went to a white high school and at this, at the Department of Energy, I was surrounded by, um, majority of white people mm-hmm. and I would meet these older white men and they would tell me, and people would say, oh, you know, such and such is a millionaire, but you couldn't tell by looking at him because mm-hmm. of the way he dressed. Right. So I would sit down and I would have these conversations with these, with these white gentlemen. And one of them told me years ago, to take some of my money and invest mm-hmm. it in stocks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in my early 20s. Right, right. And I heard what he said, and he sat down and talked with me for about half an hour mm-hmm. about this is what you need to do. Okay. But I didn't take that information and act on it. Mm. And if I had at that age, who knows where I would You'd be, be now. You'd be a millionaire now. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I say that to say that sometimes we have conversations with people. Some I say that to say this. Don't be afraid to talk about money. Right. Like one of the things mm-hmm. that, that I love that he said was that he talked about money mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. I came from a family that would talk about money. My mm-hmm. dad would talk about mm-hmm. money. My siblings and I would yeah. talk about money. Right. I talk about money openly to people. Right. Um, and if you are afraid, if we as a people are afraid to have these conversations mm-hmm. about money, mm-hmm. then we really, you know, we don't have any leverage. Yeah. We really don't know, okay, what can I what can I use to get ahead in this situation? Mm-hmm. Who may need my help in this right, situation? Right, and right. the other thing, too, that he said that I wanted to touch on later on was about giving back. Like, mm-hmm. he worked with a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. that if you mm-hmm. if you live your life just to get, 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 and amass and amass right, wealth right. and money, um, and if you're an opportunist, that the ball, the pendulum, pendulum will swing the other yeah, way it will. at some point. It so will. you must always, you must be, you must place yourself in a position to definitely help yourself, mm-hmm. you know, yourself, your legacy, have that foundation, right. but also have the mindset of giving back to other people because it does come back to you. Absolutely. I want to talk about the fact that we, as people of color, we don't talk about money. It could be a fear. I think what it is, is it an embarrassment? Mm. It's an embarrassment because you appear to be doing well. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody asks you, what's in the bank? Girl. What's your 401? Girl. Even this, even Charlotte asked me, well, who's helping you sponsor this show? And there's an embarrassment because it's not where it needs to be or it's not where it should be. And they don't know how to engage in those conversations. Right. Who can they trust to, right. to, to talk about it? Because... Right. Sometimes when you try to be transparent about your financial matters or anything that you have, mm-hmm. in if if it's given in the wrong hands, mm-hmm. then it's all over, right? Then everybody knows so and so doesn't have any money, or right. they're really struggling, or right. they. So whenever we come up against hard times, or we're just making it, mm-hmm. I, I it's a huge population of us mm-hmm. that are just making it. We are. Paycheck to paycheck. And we've heard it oftentimes that we need to have three to six months worth of salary saved up for those rainy days, for those 
you're getting laid off. Sometimes people get laid off and there is no severance, right? right? Or you get laid off and you have difficulties in finding a job, which you, you've had layoffs like three times. Oh my gosh, yeah, back to back to back. Back to back to back. Yeah. And you were able to sustain and Absolutely. maintain and keep going. A lot of us, if that happens, mm-hmm. we don't know what we're going to do. So this this conversation today is very powerful and pivotal because we want to start to educate people, even with the smallest amounts possible, mm-hmm. to start making those steps forward. Another intimidating factor is we don't go and find out what our credit score is. Girl. Right. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what our score is. We apply for things or people send send us an application. We go ahead and get it. We're declined. We don't follow up. We don't understand. We have no idea what's on our credit scores. So I want to ask, I'm going to start with you, Charlotte. What are the three areas or credit score reporters that we we should be checking every year? Tell us. And I've been checking my credit score since I was like 18 years old <laughs> annually. Every year I pull my credit score and check it's that It's like getting boy. tested. It is. It's like going to the doctor. <laughs> like you need to know what your yes. financial status is. Absolutely. Fair enough. Just, okay. They say your health is your wealth. Right. And your health is your wealth. Yes. But you must also be on top of your financial mm. health as well. So there's, there's, you know, there's TransUnion, there's uh, Equifax and Experian. Yes. Those are the three powerhouses. Yep. Um, and you should check your credit score. Definitely check your credit report mm-hmm. at least once a year. You want to look to see if there's anything on there that's um, that's negative, mm-hmm. that's not true, if there's mm-hmm. any mistakes. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that negative things fall off. You want to make sure, like in my case, I've had, um, I got my first credit card when I was like maybe 19 or 20 years right, old. Right. So I've got over, I won't say my age, but I have <laughs> several decades. She doesn't look her age, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I'm 65. Um, but I have several decades of credit history, um, you know, under my belt. Right. So my credit score is as high as it is because I've had the two same two credit cards for Several decades. Several decades. Several and, decades. And drum roll, please. What is your credit score, well, Charlotte? Well, that's well. A year ago, <laughs> the good and bad news. And this again, this is why I'm so glad you brought me back on mm, the air because mm. last year when Michelle brought me on, I'm gonna talk to the camera. Last year when Michelle brought me on, I was like, yeah, I'm doing. I, I wasn't braggadocious, but my credit score was 849. Um, I had money wow. in the bank. I had, you know, my house was close to being paid off. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, two, I think I might've had one automobile at that time, but you know, I didn't have a care in the world, right. but it was because, you know, I, you know, did the right little mm-hmm. things and whatnot. Um, but since that time, you know, I lost my job and I got so stressed out with so many different things that uh. I stopped paying a couple of bills. It's not that I didn't have wow. the money, but I just was so overwhelmed with other things mm-hmm. that I missed paying one particular bill, I think I only had $60 to pay. $60 oh, my gosh. So I missed paying yeah. that one bill. And because of that, my credit score dropped 100 points. Ooh. Yeah. Went, yeah. Yes, yeah. it dropped. Yeah. So Ooh, the, yeah, it would have hurt because I'm like, Ooh. I ain't been under 800 in years. <laughs> it ain't been a seven. Oh, what? my God. what? On my credit You don't even score. know that language. I didn't even know that. I was like, this is seven something. Oh, my but gosh. It, but, I, but I say that to say that... Um, you know, we all make mistakes. Yeah, we, we all do. make mistakes. Um, and so so now I've had to be diligent about making sure all my bills were paid mm. on time, mm-hmm. making sure that I kept an eye on my credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to your point, credit, one of the reasons that credit scores are so important, people, is that 
your your car insurance. They judge you by how much you're going to pay on your car insurance, by your credit score, what you pay on interest for a car, what you pay on interest for a house. Jobs have hired me because of my credit score. So your credit score isn't just something to look at and be like, oh, this is pretty. But, but you know, in, uh, like Carl was saying about getting loans and whatnot, people judge you on your ability yeah. To pay back loans mm-hmm. on your on your credit worthiness mm-hmm. by looking at your credit score, so you want to get that bad boy as high as it is and protect it mm-hmm. at all costs. Um, so that's all I've got to say, Carl. Do you have anything to say mm-hmm. about that? Oh yeah, definitely a few points. Um, y'all make some great points. Uh, one, I'm starting to advise like a lot of my clients to check their credits more frequently. I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you why. There's a lot of hacking going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, people are assessing your credit report and your information on online like crazy. Just recently, um, I had someone tapped into my stuff and try to order stuff at Fingerhut. Thank God I got a letter in the mail. Someone had access to my credit information and try to order stuff at Fingerhut. Um, And so I'm starting to to tell people if they're on credit, karma, um, experience.com, if they're on credit check total, just, you know, go on there and, you know, set the alerts up so they send you an alert that, Hey, someone did an inquiry in your report or whatever, but also check it more frequently because of the hacking that's going on. Because you don't know who got access to your information that could go in there and they're applying for like cards, credit cards, finger hut, cable bills, Mm -hmm. you know, like even petty stuff now. And then you don't know. And then like you said, you could work for 10 to 20 years to get up to an 800 credit score and one thing could go on and knock you back down overnight. And then you have to start all over again. It's really sad. Same thing with your um, banking information. I tell people it could be paranoia, but I check my bank accounts once or twice a day because you don't know using your debit cards um, that people could go in there. And that impacts your credit score also because you, someone could go in there, use your credit card or debit card, run something up. You don't know. Now you're in a negative, And then some might not get paid, and then that could also – Affect your credit score by something not getting paid because someone getting your um, credit card information. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually had that happen to me as well where I actually got a, a phishing email where someone emailed me saying that I had made a purchase. And in order for me to dispute that purchase, I um, needed to go on this website, click this link, and put in my mm-hmm. social or something. And I was in such a panic that I had made this fraudulent purchase that I was told that I made this, that someone had made a fraudulent purchase on my behalf, that I went in and, and mis- not mistakenly, but just foolishly put my information on this website. And then I realized the, my folly and that, okay, now this person has my social or this mm. entity has my social. Mm-hmm. So I put a freeze on my credit report. So you're absolutely right. Like there's lots of hacking going um, via email and via social mm-hmm. media where people can get your information um, and and it, and it really it really good too. That's like with the fishing. Yes. the sites look just like the regular yes. sites. So yeah. just like the you know, site. I mean, they're very very good, and you can get caught up there so easily. Not yes. knowing, I have no idea how they got my information. Right, they're going fingerhut. Yeah, you know, but stuff is so good that they could just get your information so easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because everything is required for you to have a password or right. sign on, and sometimes you don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a one time purchase or just trying to check something out or get some information. It's everything. Once your email address or some type of sign on or logging in, and then it just leads into something else. I mean, you know, a lot of us are on uh, iPhones and that whole Apple pay thing is kind of like, you know, so I agree with Carl. I, I do check my 
um, banking very frequent throughout the day because as I use it, I want to make sure, you know, I'm accountable for what I'm doing and there isn't any kind of funny business business that's going on. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about budgets. That's another word that we tend to, we hear and we shake our head and we nod and we say, I'm going to be on a budget just like we're going to say, I'm going to work out starting on Monday. You know, it's the same thing. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do things. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do, you know, there's certain things that we always shake our head and say, yes, I know it's important. But for you, I know, Charlotte, was it a budget that kind of saved you or kept you resilient during those difficult times? It, it was. Okay. And I... Again, like I've, as a young girl, I would watch my dad and mm-hmm. watch how he managed his finances. Mm-hmm. I would watch him write checks right. at the kitchen table, mm-hmm. paying the bills. Right. I would watch my mom. Um, like Carl was saying earlier, like, I think he said he grew up in the projects or the mm-hmm. hood or something. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> he did. <laughs> Brooklyn to me is all Brooklyn. that. Brooklyn is house. Um, but my family came up from very humble means, mm-hmm. and we were in the projects in the very beginning. Right. Um, both my parents were able to get good jobs, but when they got a good job, moved to the neighborhood, they were the first white family in the subdivision. Mm-hmm. But my mom still used food stamps for like the first six months or so. Wow. Okay. Like they still mm. lived off of a budget, even mm-hmm. though they were both making really good, good money, money at that time. Mm-hmm. So that transferred on to me. So when I became an adult, which right. is a dirty word to me. Ooh. But when I grew up, <laughs> when I grew up, I also worked, uh, lived off of a budget. I would look at how much am I spending on my cable, my cell phone. Yes. The days before there were cell phones, you know, my, right. my rent, my water, my electricity, just all my basic mm-hmm. utilities. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a notebook. I'm, I didn't bring it with me, but I have a notebook that I've had for at least 20 years mm-hmm. where I would track, this is how much I'm spending yeah. every month. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I, um, had, you know, job losses or major expenses, I knew, okay, well, this is, I can only spend this amount of money this month mm-hmm. or, okay, I need to cut this bill or I can't go on this trip. Right. Um, but budgets are also great too, because you can also say, okay, I had three C- uh, certificates of deposits, CDs that mm-hmm. I had um, in a bank account. Budgets are great because then you can also plan and say, okay, I'm going to use this money to take a trip to right, Ireland, which is right. what I did. I went to Ireland during the time that I was laid off mm-hmm. because I had money in one of my accounts. Mm-hmm. So budgets are, you know, they're not necessarily restrictive. They actually give you the freedom to operate within a certain range that you are acutely aware okay. that you can operate in. Yeah. And and the other thing, too, um, is that before you before you even work on a budget, figure out what your values are. Mm-hmm. What's most important to you? If you mm-hmm. have a family, if you have a house, if you have an elderly parent that mm-hmm. you have to take care of, like you have to design your budget around the things that you That's value right. most mm-hmm. and then look at what your income is. And how you can make that money, um, how you can allocate that money to meet each one of these values mm-hmm. that, that you deem is important for yourself. Everybody's budget is different. different. Very different. Carl, comments from you. Budget. What, the importance of having a budget. And I know you may struggle with that because you believe in instant gratification <laughs> at the same time. Oh, no, no. Right? <laughs> hey, on the con- hey, wait, wait. On the contrary, my instant gratification is because of budgeting. Okay. Listen, Mm-hmm. Back in the late 90s, right, after I made my first million, I spent it down, uh, back, and my bankers was like, listen, it's not what you make, it's what, what you, you keep. keep. Speak and, it. And, you know, speak it. 
You're right, because they're young. I'm in my late 20s. I had two, three cars in Brooklyn. Even though you don't need a car in Brooklyn, <laughs> I had don't. a nice house. I had more offices. And, you know, I'm blowing through money, but not because I'm being slim. But, you know, you're thinking like, it's always going to come. It's always going to come. And they said, hey, you went to school for economics. You know, there's highs and lows. It goes up and down. So you got to be prepared for a downfall. And I remember in um, the year 2000, there was a, the Internet bubble. Mm-hmm. And I basically um, had didn't budget it for that. So I lost money. I was struggling. And then I made it back. Then, thank God, I started budgeting and watching my expenses, not on just a personal level, but also now I'm self-employed. So also I had to look on my um, business level that you got to budget and have a balance sheet. Because mm-hmm. then what happened is when 9-11 hit, that was another bubble, right. and then I was able to sustain it. And then when the real estate market, once again, even though I lost a lot of money, by this time I already had a habit of budgeting. In my book, Getting the Real Out of Improving Your Credit, most of the book is also talking about budgeting, balling on a budget, right. budgeting. We have an income and expense report that everyone has to write out very detailed because I think everyone got to have an income and expense mm-hmm. where you write down your income on one side, what you got coming in, whether you're um, self-employed or you're on a salary, you got your side hustles, you write it all down. Right. Then mm-hmm. on the other hand, you got your expenses. You got your um, fixed costs, which is your rent, your car note, your insurance, your utility bills. Then you got the stuff that will fluctuate, which is your food expenses, your gas, your entertainment, yeah. and stuff like that. And I tell people... Put down your entertainment. You know, right. you're not going to mm-hmm. sit in the house all day. You are going to go out and hang out and have a good time and travel. Put that in also. Have an allowance for that. And then you get to say, hey, if I'm making um $4,000 a month, after everything is, you know, my taxes are taken out, I got $4,000. get $2,000 every two weeks. Then you got your expenses. You know, that may add up to about maybe 2500 Now you got $1,500. Then you say, okay, with that $1,500 left over, what am I going to do with it? Right. Am I going to put it aside? Am I going to invest it? Am I going to do this and a third? But at least you know that I have $1,500 to play with uh, or at least to put aside because we never know what happens. We never Absolutely. know when a car breaks down, a family member gets sick. Like what happened in Charlotte, you may get laid off and you might have to tap into that money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that you got $1,500 to play with when you do get laid off, that might be your money. You might have to live off until you get another job. Well, most people, they don't have that. They just go ahead and say, okay, I got this money. I'm going to blow through it. How many people we all know that make good money? They're like, that. he's always broke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because of that. Yeah. They're making eighty, ninety thousand dollars per year, but you say, no, this guy's broke because they don't um, budget, basically. And budgeting is very important. Very, very important. I don't think a lot of us do it, but I always recommend people get yourself an income and expense report. Mm-hmm. It's a one-page sheet. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what I would even do for people, the listeners, I would email them mine. Yes, I was going to ask you. And for 2019, you sit down and say, this is what I got coming in, mm-hmm. and this is what I got going out. Another good thing that's good is that I still do that because I'm self-employed. I have to budget because, you know, I may have good months. My good months are the summer times. My good months are maybe October, November. Then I got the slow time. The slow time is like around now. Mm-hmm. The February, January, we call it the dog days. Um, <laughs> July is slow because people are vacationing and they're not looking at the buying houses or getting loans and mortgages. So I have to do the budget to know that, okay, this is what I got coming in. This is what I'm paying out. What I just did even recently was I looked at my um, budget and I said, what can I do to save another two, $300 per month? Mm-hmm. But I don't care how much money I'm making. 
Right. I yeah. like to right. not give away my money. Uh, yes. And when I looked yes. at it, I saw my car insurance was higher. Yes. My cell phone bill was higher. My mm. cable bill was higher. What I did was I negotiated them. Mm. Right. $50 a piece and I saved myself $150 right. a month. Because awesome. I got to look for the wintertime yeah. when it's slow. When it's slow. So I got $150 more dollars I could put to the side. So maybe I could take Michelle out to something to eat, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I could put that to the side. So that's why budgeting <laughs> is important also. Love it. Because you could look and say, hey. What am I overpaying on? Right. Uh, you know, I hear cable is higher, man. They get, get a fire stick. I got to do something different. Yes, right. you do. You do. Carl, let me ask you this question because you and I, and Charlotte is not telling her age. So you and I are a little seasoned, right? So we've been around a little bit. I'm seasoned. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm discovering that more and more people in our age group are starting to say, you know, having a house is overrated. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that anymore. Like, I feel stuck. You know, if the house, something happens to the house, I have to pay to get it fixed and all this. And I just want when my kids get a certain age, they're gone and I'm out and I travel and I do this. Maybe renting is is better. Do you feel that's the way we should go or do we just need to stick with the house and maybe take off my jacket on this? Uh-oh, and start and start <laughs> getting other houses and flipping them. Tell us, Carl. What do you oh, think? Boy. What do you think? What do you think? Are we should we get out of the mortgage I'm game? Go, I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna go deep on this one. All right. I am too, Carl. Oh, she took her jacket out there <laughs> for our people not to buy and say, "Oh, it's a hassle. You're gonna lose your house because they know that if we're not buying, they're able to scoop it up." Oh. I tell people. You make your money when you buy, not when you sell. You mm. don't go buy overpriced houses or go above your means to impress people. Okay. Okay. My first house in Clayton Hills was a raggedy little house, mm-hmm. $110,000. I was ridiculed at first. Hey, I had a nice apartment. I used to live in Lost, but I was renting. Mm. I bought this house. It looked like a little shack. It was under the BQE. If some of y'all know how Brooklyn is, it, yep. was, a, like, it was like the other side of the track, <laughs> but it was in a gentrifying area. Yeah, That house was worth... $300,000 in a matter of two years. Mm. And all of a sudden, I'm a genius. Right. But it's because I bought smart. Yeah. I wasn't trying to impress nobody. It was about long-term. Every house that I bought, every business that I buy, I buy low. I negotiate the hell out of it. I buy it low because I want to create myself instant equity. What I see a lot of people do is they want to buy high and hope it goes appreciate. You mm. got to buy low. You got to buy a foreclosure, a short sale, a probate, yeah. um, someone relocating, someone mm. getting divorced. Mm. That's what you buy. Mm-hmm. When I hear people say, oh, I'd rather rent, it's because they're not being educated. They're looking at people that bought wrong and hear them complain and okay. they get turned off. Okay. And that's what's happening. Or they listen to articles saying, oh, you don't need to buy it's better renting because they don't know what's the underlying tone under that. Meaning, yeah, we want more people to rent because we want more opportunities for us to go ahead and buy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And people not reading between the lines. Okay. You make your wealth by buying real estate and Absolutely. buying businesses. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be having this conversation Absolutely. right now. I got you. I've got made you. millions over time. I lost it. I made it back. I did. But you know what? It gave me freedom. Absolutely. Freedom to live where I want to live, put my kids in the best school travel where I want to travel and also build a legacy for other people yeah. let me tell you something just last night I went to Queens I'm hanging out with a group of people where one guy was losing his houses I negotiated his his, his mortgages did a modification built up his credit mm-hmm. got him a business loan we financed the commercial property now he has one of the best lounges in Queens nice. this place was popping last night <laughs> and the guy said to me if it wasn't for you I wouldn't even have this mm. Um, 
Three other people came to meet me that lived in Queens. All of them said, man, thank you for negotiating my mortgage because now I'm able to refinance it to do different things. And it made me feel good because, you know what I'm saying, it's not about what I tell people, the money and whatever. It's really helping people because we don't have that out there because right. a lot of us make the money and don't give back. It's all about the give back at the end of the day. It's yeah. all about when you're in the casket and they're lowering you down, that people say, man, that person really put me on the something yeah. that I never knew was there. Yeah. So... Just to wrap up, what I'm talking about is I really feel that the younger generation is not understanding it because they're getting misinformation, they're hearing bad stories, mm -hmm. or people is like throwing them the, you know, the, the shenanigans, and they're not realizing that you don't build wealth unless you buy your house, you got to buy it low, and you mm -hmm. start a business, even if it's an online business. And you just start your own business and make your own money and, and build it. And you got to build it basically. It don't happen overnight. We just got to put that work in. But, right. you know, we all got to get out there and be home. It's all about ownership. Yeah. Can I speak to that? Yeah, before? go, Shirley. Um, mm -hmm. So two things. Um, I, I agree with everything that mm -hmm. he just said, yes. everything. Um, however, like I said before, like I, I discuss money with my friends. I discuss mm -hmm. money with my family. Mm -hmm. um, all four of my siblings, all all four of us, we're all homeowners. Right. My brother has a rental property here in Atlanta that he bought for, I hope you're not listening, Jabari, but uh, he bought, I want to say, like 170 and it's now doubled that just right. because the the housing um, the housing market in that area has just blown mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. And when he bought that house, it was predominantly you know people of color that right. lived in that neighborhood. The housing market dropped. There were houses around him that foreclosed. I think his house value went down to like maybe seventy thousand at mm, one point. Mm, but wow. because you know we came from you know a family where we you know live within a certain budget. Right. My brother was laid off, but he was still able to make his house payments. Nice. Um, now he has a job in D.C. He's bought a gorgeous house up in D.C. He's got four kids. Mm -hmm. He rents his house out here in Atlanta. So right. the house is paying for itself. So, the house mm -hmm. is paying for itself. The mm -hmm. house he has up in DC, he's making the payments on that. Like because he didn't just fold and give away his house here in Atlanta, he's got mm -hmm. hope nobody's gonna try to look up my brother. Um but <laughs> but he has property here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You and I have a mutual friend. I won't say her name, but mm -hmm. she's fabulous. Um and she bought a house um in Cobb County mm -hmm. for like a hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Like I said, I talk money with everybody. Right. She just bought a house for $160,000, I want to say, in um, in Cobb County. And um, she said now her house is worth over 270 or something, mm -hmm. maybe 210 mm -hmm. But her house, and it's just been a couple of years, yeah. her house has increased in value. value. And she takes from every um, transaction that she does, legal transaction that she does, mm -hmm. she takes lump sums of money, throws it at her house. She started off with a 30-year mortgage. And she's just been throwing money at mm -hmm. money at the principal. Mm -hmm. And she said now she only has eight years left to pay yeah. on her house. That's what's up. Yeah. So with me, I bought my house, um, I bought my house 15 years ago and I am just this close mm -hmm. to like being completely done. Right. Um, home ownership. I've got friends who, had houses and who are now gun shy about getting a house again because their homes had been broken into mm -hmm. or they lost their house in the yeah. financial crisis. And I love the fact that you bring up people of color, mm -hmm. like people of color have historically been disenfranchised. Mm. 
in the credit market, we've we're, we've been the victims of predatory lending. Yes. We've been the victims of like not being able to get the same types of loans yes, that yes. other people have gotten. We've been the victims of only been shown houses in certain neighborhoods because Na- mm-hmm. people prejudge us. So it's very important for us to do the do the due diligence on our own behalf right. and to have conversations with realtors mm-hmm. and with people who um, people like Carl mm-hmm. loan officers so that we know what what we can do what we can afford mm-hmm. buy a house within you know with live within your means right you know don't buy if you can if you are um, eligible you know for a $400,000 house don't buy that $400,000 house you buy yeah. that three hundred or two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars house, something you can afford yeah. in case money gets lean. But absolutely, um, my the average net worth for people in our age group, I want to say, is two hundred and eighty two hundred eighty thousand dollars mm-hmm. for. And I, when I say our our age group, anywhere between, I think let's say let's say between thirty. Actually, I looked it up today. Between thirty five and forty four, the average net worth, mm-hmm. the medium net worth, is like two hundred eighty eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay. Um, my net worth is a bit more than that only because I bought property mm-hmm. and that property is almost, almost paid off. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, I'll walk into Carl's shoes and I'll buy another property mm-hmm. or I'll buy commercial property, but I'm going to do something to make sure that I leverage what little bit I have mm-hmm. in order to, you know, amass more money so I can hopefully, not hopefully, so I can be a philanthropist and help other people because it is about giving back. Okay. That's it. All right, I think we lost Carl, so I'm gonna oh, no. call him back. Okay. Yeah, we just lost him. Okay. But yeah, this is actually excellent information. Let me get Carl back on the phone. Okay. I don't know what happened. Good old Brooklyn. <laughs> so while she's doing that, I'll just talk a little bit more about net worth or about salaries, like in Atlanta. The average salary in Atlanta is fifty nine thousand dollars, and the medium household household income is sixty two thousand dollars. So, if people are living, you've got households living off of that amount of money. Then, if you as an individual make more than that amount of money, you can you can make it work. You can live within a budget. You can buy a home. Yeah, you can buy a home. So welcome back, Carl. I'm going to ask the question. Sorry you got disconnected. I don't Sorry. know what happened. Might be Brooklyn. That's all I'm going to say. I'm a Bronx It's either the weather or here's a funny story. As I'm on the show, my followers are texting me like, oh, they love this show. They're listening to it right now. Awesome. And they're trying to ask me questions. I'm like, dude, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Tell them to hold on. This is good. We like this kind of feedback. You know, you know, it could be, it could be the weather. It just could be Brooklyn. I'm a Bronx girl, so I'm going to throw a little shade on Brooklyn. That's how it is. But welcome back, Carl. Um, glad you could continue to rock with us on this conversation. I wanted to talk about, uh, 401s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we get a job with corporate America, that's the first thing they ask us in human resources. You fill out all the paperwork, you know, your medical benefits, your dental, your vision and all that. And then the question about how much you want to put into your 401. Do do we find that to still be beneficial today, uh, to invest? 
I'm Charlotte. I'm, I'm gonna. You want me to ask Carl? Carl? Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to answer. Okay. I'm in corporate America. Okay, Carl. Uh, Charlotte. Carl is Charlotte is gonna ask all these C's. Charlotte is gonna <laughs> answer yeah. the question. Hey, let Charlotte take that. Hey, I've been self-employed since the '90s, so exactly. <laughs> He's self-employed. He's self-employed. Um, when I first got my job here in Atlanta um, several years ago, I wasn't well versed on 401ks. Mm-hmm. I should have been, but I wasn't, and mm-hmm. it took an, a a man of different persuasion right. sit me down, closed the <laughs> office door, and he was like, you have to invest in a 401k. I think I was in my late 20s, and he, he didn't have any vested interest in teaching me this information, but he said, you're giving away free money. Okay. If you don't invest a certain percentage in your 401k and your company matches it, then you're giving, you're letting, you're just letting free money go out the mm, door. Mm. So I've been investing in various 401ks since that time. Okay. And... um it has served me well. Okay. It has served me well. The two reasons I would um, uh, implore people to to get that 401k is because let's say let's say if you're my employer mm-hmm. and I'm let's say you pay me forty thousand dollars a year, so I give you I'll say okay I'm gonna put six percent um, into my 401k. I'm gonna take six percent of my pre-tax salary and put that into my 401k into all these mutual funds and these investments. Mm-hmm. You as my employer. Some employers will say, okay, well, I'll match some of this money that you're putting in. So you're basically giving me free money that's going to go towards my retirement. Mm-hmm. And depending upon how many years I'm, I'm working with your firm, um, I'll become fully, fully vested in that amount, which basically means I can take all that money you give me. And when I leave the company, I run with it. Right. So 401ks for me have been extremely valuable. I didn't think it was at first. Right. I really didn't. I'm like, I'm only making this amount of money. Yeah. I can't afford to shave off 5% here or 6% right, here. Right, right. But man, I am a woman <laughs> of a certain age. Retirement is staring me dead in the face. Mm-hmm. And because I have money that I have been able to save in my 401ks, if I wanted to, I can borrow against that money. So mm-hmm. let's say I have 100000 in my 401ks. I can borrow against that money. Mm-hmm. And if I borrow against that money and I pay that money back, the money that I pay back and the interest that I pay back for that, for that loan that I borrow against my 401k comes directly to me. Gotcha. So another reason why I think 401ks are very important because because also we're creatures of we're creatures of habit and we're yes. creatures of immediate gratification. Right. So if we don't have a structure in place that automatically takes five percent, six percent, ten percent out of our salary to save it for us, mm-hmm. we're gonna find a reason to spend that money. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see a nice pair of boots. We're gonna see some rims. We're gonna see a cruise. <laughs> We're going to see something that we want to spend that five or ten thousand dollars yes. on. Yes. So it's very critical because no one, no one is going to, no one's responsible for your retirement except, except for you. you. Except you. So I, I firmly believe in having a four hundred one k, and because I've had one over the years. I'm on track for retirement. Mm. I'm on track for retirement. What's your retirement age, if you don't mm. mind sharing? I thought it was going to be 54, um, but now that life expectancy is like in the 90s. 90s? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo! Life expectancy is in the 90s. Um, my retirement age is now going to be 65. 65. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's so, good. But I still plan on working. I still plan on having like side hustles. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm on track because I've had 401ks 
And because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would definitely, I would stress for anybody. Yeah. Even if you don't have a corporate job, find a vehicle. There are vehicles out there that will automatically take money and pull it out of, take money and put it in investment accounts for you. So Carl, I'll lend the mic to you now. Yeah. Carl, I'm sure you have some other investment opportunities outside of real estate. Is that a safe assessment or no? Yes. Uh-huh. I got interest in a juice bar in Atlanta. Um, you know, of course my media stuff, which is my books, um, speaking and stuff like that. So yeah, you always want to diversify because, you know, in this day and age, like right. nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. So you always want to be diversified. And I would say do, do your passion. A lot of people got passion that they do and they're not even using it to make money with it, right. you know? So I would tell people like, don't get into something because you see someone else is doing it. Do something that's your passion and make it yours and own it and try to make money with it. Mm-hmm. What's the empowerment piece for you, Carl? Is it the fact that you're, you got freedom or is it the financial part of it? What is it? Cause to me, in talking with you, this is like an art. Like this isn't just a gig or a job or like you look at it kind of scientifically. Like you embrace the challenge of making money, the art of it. Like there's an art. There's always an art to cooking. There's an art to music. There's an art to making money for you. So is it is that the empowerment piece for you that it you get to kind of think about it? Yeah, you know, um, that was always my passion. I mm-hmm. know from um, when I was little, like eight years old, I remember like drawing comic books and selling it to my classmates, or I would collect baseball cards and sell those. So I was always selling stuff. It was a natural thing with me. And then I was always engaging with people. I just love talking to people, learning from people. So over time, I just learned how to marry it in terms of talking to people, learning and find out what they want and needs and what they want and match it to making money. And that was just always my passion. Mm. So I guess I went into like my passion because even when I went to college, um, my major was economics. My minor is retail and marketing. And then I was the president of the fraternity president of all the fraternities and sororities. Oh. So even I made that to a money-making venture where I was, like, <laughs> managing great. the biggest step show in the mm-hmm. East Coast. <clears throat> I expanded the fraternities into different, smaller um, schools and then throwing parties there to make money off of their, their students. So uh, to me, I think that was my passion. Like, that's what I was born to do, I guess, mm-hmm. because I worked in a corporate world, but even when I worked in a corporate world where I did real estate, I was a top salesman. Uh, but the good thing about it was growing up in the projects and seeing that um, we wasn't exposed to wealth. Um, people are watching right. stuff come and go. And I was like, hey, you know, we need to be empowered. And then another eye-opener, guys, is that when the market crashed, I was doing loss mitigation. I just rebranded my business. So we went from building houses to doing loss mitigation, meaning that we're negotiating people mortgages, saving people houses from foreclosures and everything like that, saving businesses from struggling, you know, struggling businesses. So I started working with different demographics. I was a consultant for a group of Egyptian guys in Dallas mm. <clears throat> where I saved their houses from foreclosure and learning how they dealt with money and they was helping each other mm-hmm. and helping each other. Yeah. And, we just said it earlier about how we don't help each other. We don't have a dialogue about making money mm-hmm. because we like to act like, oh, I got money, but I want to put nobody on. <laughs> or this person is doing bad. Ha ha, look at that person. Yeah. Not knowing that we could be like that too. And I didn't right. like that with, in terms of us. 
right. as a people. Mm-hmm. But when I was working with these Egyptian guys, it was a big eye opener. It was my first time really, really working with a different demographic day in, day out. And I never forget a guy out of Delhi. I'm doing his business loan and he didn't, he couldn't afford to pay his taxes so that I could get his business license and sit it in to get his loan funded. Mm-hmm. He needed $2,000. And I never forget, these guys went to the ATM machine, his Arabic guys, and they gave him the money, like nothing. Wow. And they said, that's our brother, that's our brother. He got to survive. He got to survive. Mm. If he fail, we fail. And in my mind, I'm like, man, I've been in the same room with our people where they laugh and say, ha ha, sucks for me and you. Wow. And it was an eye-opener that how other people was empowering each other. Then, not too long ago, I got hired as a consultant for a Chinese real estate firm. Wow. And same thing. They was like, oh, this guy losing his house. We got to make sure he doesn't lose his house because I know him from Beijing and I, I'm doing this and he's doing that. And they was helping each other. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Koreans. And for me, the whole thing is about empowerment. Like, hey, if I could get as many people as I can, mm-hmm. whether through social media, my books, my e-books, whatever, that's good at the end of the day. You know, you got some yeah. that just don't get it, but you got some that's on the fence. They need that push or to see it, to say, hey, you know what? I see that. I know that there's something out there for us. And that's why we got to keep doing what we're doing, all mm-hmm. of us here. Mm-hmm. is because there's people out there that don't know mm-hmm. that this is for you also. It's not for anybody else. It's for us also. Right. No one's going to knock on your door and say, hey, you know, you could do this and that. You got to really go out there and get it yeah. and stick at it. I just see too many of us is just like either not trying or giving up prematurely. Mm. I, well, I... I, I agree with that. Again, like everything you said is spot mm-hmm. on. Um, and uh, the people that know me most, they know that I'm a giver. I give of my time, mm-hmm. my talents, mm-hmm. my expertise. I Over the years, I have loaned people a, about $15,000. Pe- different people that were in my circle right. loaned about $15,000. Right. Some of that money I've gotten back. Okay. Some of that money I haven't. Okay. So my my old rule of thumb was if I got it, you got it. If right. I got it, your business has it. Right. There are business people here in Atlanta. I won't call y'all out. Atlanta's good for that. Atlanta's good for that. Who uh who I invested uh, thousands of dollars in, and they you know I had to take them to court to get my money back. Mm. Um, so. That's real. It is real. So we're talking about financial wealth, financial management. Part of that is whether it's a personal loan, whether it's a business loan. If it's a business loan, um, I would still stress to get something in writing Mm -hmm. because you you may need a paper trail to go and like get your money back, at least get your principal back. If it's a personal loan, I I commend the um, Egyptians. I commend people that help other people. I have helped a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But my new rule of thumb now is... Um, I don't want money to become to come in between me and my friends, so I will gift people money that I know that I can lose. But if it's a loan, I have to be very, very, yeah, very careful of who mm-hmm. I loan money mm-hmm. to, because sometimes people will take your money, act like it's their money, and they'll mismanage <laughs> your money that you lend mm-hmm. them. So it's very critical. Um, you know, even with me talking about, hey, it's all about community and giving back. My firm people in Atlanta, you guys know that I give mm-hmm. back. Um, but I also firmly believe that you must practice discernment with who you choose right. to yeah. to partner with, who you choose to give money right. to. Um, 
you, you must do that. And especially if you have a business or if you have a family, mm-hmm. you must make sure home is taken care of first. first. And anything off the top, sure. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yeah, it's not our job. Um, I think that, I shouldn't say it's not our job. I think that there are certain people that are going to be assigned to you or you're mm-hmm. going to feel like, okay, I can work with this person and maybe right. not that person. And it's never anything personal per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. It's about the discernment. It's about the gut feel. It's about at the end of the day. It's really got to be a win for both people. Absolutely. So even if you're in the in the lane of giving, you want to feel a certain way that you gave to the right organization, you right. gave the right way, there was no malice or any kind of anything going on cuz it's got to be pure in the pure. in that transaction Absolutely. of giving otherwise you might as well keep it because Absolutely. nobody wants bad energy or bad karma right. att- attached to you giving something in a good that's supposed to be for a good right. charitable reason or or cause right. so yeah a lot oftentimes okay, so that Charlotte said something she talks is very important and yes. a very great thing in terms of like yeah <laughs> you know we all make mistakes lending money to family and friends cuz you know we want to be nice we feel that we've been blessed we want to give that blessing but i guess it's like what we had to learn over time is that you know um, you just can't give to everybody, you right. know, um, after you get burned at the first few times, because, you know, we get burned once, we try it again and again after a while, like, oh, hold on, but then you don't want to get jaded because you might have someone that really needs it that could do something good with it, but you got to look at it as a business decision mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I get people coming to me all the time with something, and I just say, hey, look, do you have a business plan? What is your idea? How are you right. going to pay this back? Yeah. I screen them just as bad as a bank does. Yeah. Because right. I'm not in the actual getaway <laughs> money because it adds up. Yeah, does add up. Ten people, if ten people ask you for a hundred bucks, come on, that's a thousand dollars right there, and they all might feel like, oh, I'm gonna pay back it's only a hundred dollars, geez. But then it's a thousand dollars, and then yeah. so that, like I said, you may get a bump in the road. You might need that thousand dollars to fix your car. Now, and I then do. What, then they're gone, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah so you do. What I had to do with people, because, you know, like when I was young, I was just giving away money. Yeah. That was a part of when the guys was like, yo, dude, you got to keep money, not give it away. Because not only was I just buying love, but I was like helping out people because I had this thing. I felt blessed. And, then, you know, our people make you feel guilty. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, I knew you. We ain't had nothing. Yeah. I knew you when you was in the practice. And then I felt an entitlement to give people money. Mm-hmm. Then after a while, like, hold on. So then I had to do it as a business decision. You know, right. hey, look. Um, I could bring you to the water, but I'm not going to teach you how to drink or make you drink. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, what is your plan? How am I going to get this payback? What's my interest? Right. What's my state? What's my this? Hey, matter of fact, here's five things you should be doing. Have you done that yet? Because right. some people say, hey, man, I got this idea. I want to open up a restaurant. They're like, oh, wait a minute. Have you ever worked at a restaurant? Have you ever cooked food? <laughs> Right. You know, like, Come what on. is your business plan? How I'm going to get paid back is a great <laughs> idea, but we all got great ideas. Oh. You know, like, I got to put up, I'm a money expert. My, you know, my idea is Carl got the money expert. Sometimes I got to say, I'm a money expert, not a miracle ma- maker. You know, like, <laughs> you got to, you know, have a plan in place. So how are you going to pay it back? Because we're not in the idea of giving any money. And sometimes I say, look, I might have the money to give you, but hey, I give you all my ebooks. You can read it through and through and learn what you need to do. Yeah. You know, because the blueprint is right there, you know, so... Um, oh, so what she's saying is like very key and for all the people listening is that, you know, it's good to give back, but do it. If you're going to do it with your money, do it like a business mm-hmm. so that you don't end up on Judge Mathis. And then two, if you got the knowledge, to me, it's just as good as the money. Right. Because yeah. our knowledge is transferable. And I would right. say, hey, look, my knowledge and my connections, if you're serious, will give you a whole lot longer than a loan. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to get serious, Carl, in uh, 2019. Real talk with the with the financial management because we got to. Uh, Carl, let me ask you this. What materials and books do you read to keep yourself abreast on what's going on? Just for those people that are listening, what do you listen to? What do you watch? How do you stay current and fresh in the financial markets? Yeah, I constantly read, like, all the time. So I read, like, um, stuff online. Uh, I got, I got um, on Google, you could basically tap into, like, what feeds you want. So I get feeds on, you know, finance, business, credit. Of course, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right. that, you know, help. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Rich Dad, um, Stephen Covey books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got those too. Um, the, the Art of the Deal, you know, yeah. for Trump got crazy. Uh, power, mm-hmm. Four Day Law, Rules of Power, books like those. And what they did was they took stuff that I was doing and said, you know what, this is how you fine-tune it, the four-hour work week, stuff like that, yes. you know. But I always feel that no matter what industry you're in, whether you're in the music industry, you have a beauty salon, a restaurant, I always say, hey, always read different stuff. Mm-hmm. Read different articles. Know the trends. What's happening? What's not happening? Read someone that's successful and read how they got to be that successful. Read some people that may write about how they failed and learn off of their failure. Right. Because, you know, it's always about, especially in this um, social media age and this internet age where stuff is just trending every three months. Like, one thing may go and it changes three months later. Like, the way I felt that I survived in real estate as long as I did is because when the market hit, unlike a lot of people that say, oh my God, I used to make millions of dollars, I lost everything, it sucks, mm-hmm. but the whole world sucks. And back in the days, I used to do this for real estate, I used to make all this money. I adapted. I said, hey, look, that was a good ride. I just rebranded myself, did loss mitigation, got into business loans, got into financing, made myself a consultant, hired myself out to municipalities like the city of Mount Vernon, worked with investors, worked with business owners, yeah. got my money up front as opposed to waiting on commission because I said, hey, that model don't really work. I'm not going to wait six <laughs> months to get a commission. No, I got this experience. You got, I'm going to get paid up front. So it was the rebranding, but it was about me reading and said what I need to do. What are the trends? I saw that everything was trending on social media. Mm-hmm. I got on IG. I, I learned like, hey, let me make these memes. People who don't want to read a 150-page book sometimes, right. let me just put these little memes which was my group, the 800 Credit Score Club. I just got a bunch of little memes. They're funny, but they give you tips on real estate, tips mm-hmm. on keeping your credit up, tips on small business. And people could just, you know, everyone's quick. I just want to see some real quick. Okay, I give you some real quick. You're going to see five lines with a tip, and you can keep it moving. Right. So it was all about adapting, you know, mm-hmm. everything I feel for, like what people want to do in terms of your business and what you want to do is always read, look at the trends, and just adapt. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, how about you? What do you read and keep your nose into? Um, it's interesting that a lot of the same books that he mentioned mm-hmm. are some of the same books that I've read. All this Stephen Covey books. Stephen right. Covey, um, Stephen, well, I'm sorry, Stephen Covey's the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Mm-hmm. But there's another uh, succession of books that I read. The author right. is Richard Bach. And he had books, um, The Automatic Millionaire, Smart Women mm-hmm. Finish Rich, Smart Couples Finish Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, rich dad, poor dad. You got the millionaire yeah, next the door. The millionaire next door. I'm not trying to give commercials, but the millionaire next door. Mm-hmm. Um, rich dad, poor dad, poor dad. Uh, Dave Ramsey books. Yes. Um, yeah, I love, love, love Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey's principles. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the books that my brother advised me to read was The Richest Man in ba- Babylon. Mm-hmm. He really stressed that I read that book. It's an older book, 
but it apparently has a lot of like strong principles that rich people are supposed to read. Okay. Or, so, or they mm. abide by. Um, what I know that I need to do a better job on though is actually reading more. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot of the older books. Right, right. And I can refer back to them, but what I need to do more is what he just mentioned, like mm-hmm. going on, setting my Google alerts to uh, funnel. <clears throat> Um, articles about right, finance, right. funnel articles about, um, investing, things like that, mm-hmm. because I've, I've got the fundamentals down. Right. But it still it doesn't hurt for me to go back and reread these books mm-hmm, every once in a mm-hmm. while. Just, you know, when I get an inkling to get off track, these books help to keep me, um, on track, mm-hmm. um, on, just on target and focus mm-hmm. on keeping the main thing, the main thing. He also mentioned the four hour work read. I read that book yeah. as well. Yeah. So these are all books that people should have like in their tool belt. Mm-hmm. Um, just start with one book, start right. with one book. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. now things are audible. Absolutely. So I read aud- with audible cause yeah. I, you know, I don't have time to physically sit and read, unfortunately. So while I'm doing things, mm-hmm. I'm reading books or mm-hmm. listening to books that's in the background. Good. So it's, it's really, that's very helpful that's because great. then I feel like I am feeding my brain as well as doing other things and listening to the, to the content of the book. So, Absolutely. you know, explore that as an opportunity as well. If you Absolutely. can't, and then some people are just readers. They like the smell and opening of the books, the cracking of the pages. They like to dog ear them that's or highlight it and go back and put sticky notes in it and that kind of thing. And it becomes like a part of their wardrobe because they go back to it all the time and refer to it but I think as you 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 both have a a super solid strong foundation and so it's also great to see and understand how to build Mm -hmm. on that foundation and and I don't I don't know is there a time frame that people can expect to start to see change in their finances is it a 90 day a 30 day like kind of give a sense of how we should see progression in our finances. Will it happen that quickly? I'm looking at Charlotte. You think, <laughs> will it, could it, could it happen that fast? Uh, or? You know what? The only reason I'm going to say yes okay. is because right before I got this job, and I won't tell all my business, mm. but before I got the job I have now, I had run through all almost all my money. Mm. I think I had $2,000 left in my account. Wow. Mm. $2,000 left in my account. And... um. Shout out to the friends who, you know, gifted me money. I know, I had a that's friend right. that gifted me $1,000. I had an ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. who's a good friend mm-hmm. that gifted me $2,000. Because they see that you're worth it. And that's what they said. Mm-hmm. That's what they you're said. You're worth it, and they didn't want to see you fail. That's what they said. Because you had worked your whole adult mm-hmm. life in yeah. doing the right thing. thing. And so they're like, no, no. we're not going to let this happen. That's so this, said. Carl, this is a story that matches <laughs> what you were saying about the Egyptian people. Uh-huh. We have it right here in the room. Yeah, right. So they somebody, the <laughs> yeah, they, they did the, the same thing, 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 thing for you. This is a story. So isn't that nice? So Carl, it brightened his day uh, to know that this happened in our community yeah, so so this right. is great hey, yeah community. so it, it happened oh. so this is awesome and 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 you're right mm-hmm. um before i got this job like if it wasn't for the gift of those friends i, right. I would have been sol um but because i you know i had the foundation of okay this is how much money i'm going to make every week every two weeks or whatever like i was able to build my money back up. Mm-hmm. Like if, when I started, you know, amassing that, um, you know, getting, getting my paychecks and still living within a certain budgeted amount, 
you know, every month I was able to put myself back in a position of of power and right. of opportunity. Right. So just like what Carl was saying earlier, okay, how can I save two or three hundred dollars a month? Let me negotiate this, let me negotiate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is so incredible. If you can negotiate renegotiate your power, but not your power, but with your natural gas rate. Mm-hmm. If you can um, conserve less, conserve more water a month, if you can get a roommate to rent, if you can rent mm-hmm. out a room in your house, if you can mm. Airbnb your house, mm-hmm. there's so many ways that you can start implementing little steps yes. in order to save $200 a month. Um, that's going to ultimately, you know, turn into a thousand, yeah. $10,000 a year, mm-hmm. you know, if you do it right. right. Um, so yeah, when you say like, how long is it going to take for you to start seeing changes? It really depends on, you know, what you value, what mm-hmm. your goals are. Mm-hmm. For me, um, you know, it didn't take long at all right, for me right. to get back, like I said, in my little um, Facebook thing, back on the good mm-hmm. foot because I already had um, the foundation in place of yeah. mm-hmm. my Wow. Yeah. The foundation, she said it. That is the keys of foundation. If you have a foundation, it's easier mm-hmm. to um, mm-hmm. put yourself in a good foot because of the foundation. All you need is a fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a lot of us that don't have any foundation at all because they just didn't know the lack of knowledge or mm-hmm. they just form poor habits. Right. And habits. unfortunately, those are the ones that want the most immediate results. Yeah. But they have to be learned. Like, I, I had a good foundation because I was always making money since I was a little kid. My parents used to borrow money from me. Like, when they <laughs> money, they knew, like, 12 years old, oh, he got money. Hey, can we borrow $200? And I'm like, well, I'm going to get back with the interest. I was all the level, but I had that foundation, right? But but I had to fine-tune it. But when I talk to, like, uh, small business owners, say, like, new real estate investors, stuff like that, if they really don't know about credit, budgeting, they're bad with money, and they form bad habits, like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out, and I'm going to spend $300 because I just want to hang out. And they and they form these bad habits. you got to break it down just like someone smoking cigarettes. And mm-hmm. it's not overnight because they'll keep falling back off the wagon. Right. So they got to be able to say, hey, you know what? I want to start fresh and follow this format. So, you know, you're going to have some people that may get quicker results, that know credit, or they may say, hey, look, you know, I had a bump in the road, but now I got a good job, so now I'm right back on the footing because on. I didn't let my bills lapse. You're going to have people in the middle, and then you're going to have those that's really bad. That's like, yo, you know, you got a 480 score. You never paid no bill in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're not even making good money. Or if you do make money, you just don't want to hold the money. And those are the ones that's going to have to have a little longer span. Mm-hmm. And then you got to let them know that, hey, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to um, right. break your habits, and you're going to have to follow it. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, we always say, like, surely the books that we read, it says, if you do the same thing 30 right. days, Mm-hmm. It's going to be a habit it's going to or be a habit. 90 days. Mm-hmm. And they got to survive that first 30 to 90 right. days. Because yeah. if they don't, they're going to go back and you're going to see them again. Right. And they're going to say the same thing in right. 2019 to me. Oh, 2019 is going to be my year. I'm going to budget this year. And you're going to, <laughs> you're going to look again at 2020. <laughs> oh, man, 2020 is going to be my year. You know what I'm saying? And it's because they're not doing the habits. Yeah. They're not formulating their, yeah. their, their patterns. It's it's like it's like um, acquiring a good addiction, if you will, mm-hmm. um, within 30 to 60 to 90 days. I'm going to say this. They have this cliche. Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Right. And oftentimes, uh, still, even as grown adults, as old as we are, or even as young as we are, we have friends that maybe just are not um, in instilling the financial principles that right. you are doing. And so then 
you know, then you got you got an imbalance in your village in a mm-hmm. sense because now you're hanging with some people that you can't even borrow ten from them because they ain't got mm-hmm. it. And ten is like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they don't even have a hunt. They don't ten, twenty, a hundred. They don't have it, and then they're looking to you because mm-hmm. they know that you got it because you're on point. So I would encourage people to start really reassessing mm-hmm. and not cutting people off, but just putting them in the, in the quadrant in which they kind of need mm-hmm. to dwell in and try to expose yourself to other like-minded people that are really on the path or striving to be on the path of being debt free or having financial empowerment or, you know, getting rid of debt, like what, you know, whatever your goal is, like start speaking that, putting in the work, doing the research, start hanging around those type of people or listening to those type of people so that you can indoctrine those type of principles into your own life. I started saying it and doing it. I, when I talked to Carl, I was on fire. I told him some things that I wanted to do. Good. He was like, yeah, Good. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we started having those conversations. Yes. And as it, start, as it the year turns in 2019, that same person that we know and love that does fabulous Yes. things will <laughs> will will work Good. with me Good. to um, make those things happen Good. because it's all about financial freedom Good. and empowerment so with that when you have a plan yes. and you see it's a it's obtainable yes. you get excited about yes. it every day yes. and I don't you know for those I'm gonna speak to the people that believe in energies and connections mm-hmm. and all of that once you start doing that other things start Absolutely. to begin to line up now you start to have access Absolutely. To a little bit more money mm-hmm. than you did mm-hmm. a week ago, a mm-hmm. month ago, et cetera, Absolutely. et cetera. And it comes in small increments to Carl's point. It comes as small as a couple of hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes when you didn't have it, $200 was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. when you're getting that excess amount of 200 now you're yes. looking to see where can you put that? Where can it go? You know, that type of thing. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I want to encourage people, don't get discouraged. It's the end of the year, 16th of the month. Listen, if you got something you want to save and tuck and stash away, it's it's not too late to start. And let that avalanche, let that start to ball, get big, start doing the reading. The internet is our friend. You know, when we started years ago, this information was a secret. Mm-hmm. Now it's mm-hmm. out here. Everybody's got podcasts mm-hmm. talking about it. So the wealth and the information mm-hmm. is really at the tip of your hands. Mm-hmm. And it's not a prosperity thing. You got to do the work. You, gotta do the you know work. what I mean? You got to do the work. But just start to change your mind, change your environment, just because there are the president is in place. There's people and things that are in place for a reason for us to stay woke yeah. for real. Like for real, for real. And if we have an opportunity to cross pollinate with our economics, Mm -hmm. if there's somebody that's in business that looks like you, that's about their business, yo, sow your money into that and start to begin to build and see and start to really build the community up. And again, you can't do everybody. You may need to see a business plan. You need to check people's websites. You need to do references to make sure that they are uh, qualified to even hold right, even ten dollars yeah. of your money, yeah. you know. So yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, don't go off on how many followers. Yeah, and like that. you got right. on social media. Right. You gotta really, 
Yeah, do the work. Vet them out to see if they're yeah. good at what they did. Exactly. They got a good reputation. Yes. You know, stuff like that. Yes, because yeah. money is power. I said power. it at the beginning at the beginning of the segment. Love, sex, and money. People want as much as that, much yes. of that as they can possibly <laughs> get. But money is power. power. And we are working with, we're moving away from having stacks of money up in the bed and in the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. Now the money's on paper. Right. Now the money's on credit scores. Mm-hmm. It's all about real estate. Mm-hmm. 401s, mm-hmm. investments, mm-hmm. those type of things. So I thought today was exciting. Awesome. It was good. Carl, how can the yeah. people find you? You got books coming? You got another book coming out, Carl? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, all my books are being updated as we speak where mm. I'm talking about, you know, how I survived the real estate market crash. So my real estate one, I'm talking about the real estate market crash, how we survived it. Um, what what to do now? How you make your money right now? Just like Shalita said, Airbnb, um, careers in real estate. People just think you gotta be a broker or an agent. No, you could be a property manager. Do Airbnb. You could be a consultant, a contractor, nice. investor. You name it. So I'm talking about that with the real estate book for the business book. I'm talking about starting your business, how to get financing, how to get lined up for financing. Nice. Business you could start for under five thousand dollars, five hundred dollars, one hundred dollars. Start online. Starting your house, starting your bathroom, talking about that. Um, <laughs> and, I, and like I did with my first business book, I talk about actual business owners, what they did right, what they did wrong, what they would not do again. You know, so okay. they can also learn in re- real time actual business owners and what they did to get to their success and some that failed. And then in my credit book, we're talking about the algorithms, what to do to boost your score by paying down your credit limits. Mm-hmm. If you need to boost your score within two weeks, right. taking off inquiries, right. know, knowing um, the right mix of your, your um, credit report, what mm. you need to have, how to build your business credit, uh, budgeting. Budgeting, like we said, is very important. Your income and expenses, how to negotiate down your credit card, how to get better rates, how to, um, you know, talk to your utility companies to get the best rates as you can because yeah. it's competitive out there. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, the new books will be coming out, but my my old books are still fire. Mm. What I'm doing for everybody that's been on the show, mm-hmm. if you're live streaming, if you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to it later on, whatever, if you get on my Instagram, it's IG, Carl Agard underscore the money expert. Mm-hmm. If you go ahead and you um, add me and you DM me and say, hey, I added you, I want to follow you because I heard you on the yeah. show, I will email you. All three of my books. Ooh. I'm a but deep. you got to mention that you got came on through the show. I'm a car- I'm right down you, I'm DMing. Back up, back I need, up. only got so one book. I need the other two. <laughs> I don't have any of your books. So say, say it again. How do people contact you? It's Carl what? Yeah, Carl Agard. C-A-R-L-A-G-A-R-D underscore the money expert. Mm. And that's on Instagram. Yes. On Instagram, yeah. And then just DM me, hey, I got you through the show. And then I will email within 24 hours all three of my ebooks. Okay. Nice. Um, on Facebook, um, my group is the 800 Credit Score Club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of, it was one of the fastest growing clubs in Facebook. Now I got a lot of imitators, you know what I'm saying? So you know mine because it's a speedometer. And it says the 800 Credit Score Club. Okay. And you look for the speedometer. That's mine. Okay. Okay. And then, once again, if you add that also, and I am me, 
I'll send you the ebooks also. So you okay. got two ways of getting me. Mm-hmm. It's either through Instagram or Facebook. But I suggest everyone go on both. Because what's good about the 800 Credit Score Club is a bunch of us that's doing the same thing. We're talking. We're interacting. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up articles. I got my memes. Where I got tips. Um, I got a fo- an ex-football player. Um, they used to play for the Jaguars. He puts a lot of motivational videos up. Good. His name is Donovan Darius. I'm giving him a shout-out. Nice. I also want to give a shout-out to um, Shauna Jefferson. Um, she's a great entrepreneur. She has a lot of books out. Uh, she's been texting me. She loves the show. Thanks. Um, um, you got to have her on the show one day also. Yes, yes. Um, Michelle. So <laughs> yes. I want to give her a shout out. And my <laughs> other partner up here in New York, he does great credit repair. He's a motivational speaker. His name is Malik Rashid. He's been texting me. I'm like texting him back. Hey, let me yeah. talk. Let me talk. But <laughs> they love both you guys. They love both you guys. Well, thank you, know? you. Thank you. Thank and you. I love the energy. They love the energy. Thank so we gotta you. Keep this going. We are. Michelle, you got to have a follow up show. Yeah, we have another I show am. <laughs> I am. We were talking about. Yes, I am because we want to yeah. the the whole the whole premise of the show for those that are listening. And thank you, Carl, for the shouts out and the people that are listening because of you. We want to empower the people. We want to turn things around and we want to put the right tools in people's hands so that they can be free. Right. It's all about enjoying the, these days that we have here on earth and not be bogged down by financial woes and things of that nature. Listen, if there are good guys out here that are willing to share the information mm-hmm. and put that have done the work, let's get it and put the work in for ourselves Absolutely. so that we can all be free and cruise up and boss up and have a good time like or that. put our kids through college and right. just, just take a nice day at the park. Like, right. just chill and not be burdened by trying to figure out how I'm going to pay this next bill. Right. Um, and right. now, and right. some of us, we have parents that we have to take care of. That's mm-hmm. another thing that we're looking at as mm-hmm. well. So, again, I believe that the information and the tools are here. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of putting the right people in front of us. Right. And how much work are we willing to do to get it, to make it happen? So, and I'm gonna say, can I say yeah, yeah, Charlotte. Well? So, I have two things to say. The first thing I'll say is, also, if you get benefit from mm. Michelle's show, like, if you're watching Michelle's show and you're getting benefit, he's got followers. I have people following me on Facebook. If you get benefit from shows like Michelle, let her know. Like, Please. let her know directly. Please. Send her an IM message. Put something on YouTube. Please. Subscribe to her channel. Please. We have to support businesses that have platforms like this that allow us to have these conversations that build each other up. So if we don't support businesses like Michelle's, if we don't sponsor her financially, if we don't strategically partner with her, then information like this... You know, they'll go to the wayside. Well, it'll go to the wayside, and we'll keep having the same conversations of, oh, we don't support each other. (laughs) Oh, this this thing went away. We want shows like Michelle's to continue to distribute information and to involve knowledgeable people in very pertinent conversations. So if you guys, the watchers, the viewers, the listeners, the YouTube followers, Mm -hmm. if you guys get benefit from conversations like this and other conversations, please reach out to Miss Michelle of Real Chicks Chicks Rock. Thank you. And um, have a conversation with her about supporting her show financially, about Mm. supporting her endeavors financially, because she's been a support for us. She's been Mm. a support for our community, and she has plans to continue to do that. So let's support people that give back. Thank That's you. my spill. Well, thank you. I have you. another little spill, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how can people find you? Can, are you open to questions, Charlotte? Because you know you, this is a personal goal of yours. You're not necessarily in a business yet, so I don't want to put you in the spot, but if people have questions, oh. can they contact you? Should they contact me to get to you? How do you want That'll people to? that too. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so I, I did have a business doing search engine, opt- search engine optimization um, for 
first fell when I was unemployed. I'd started my own business, mm -hmm. helping people's websites, helping mm -hmm. people market their business mm -hmm. because I love seeing other people succeed. Um, but as of right now, I'm on Instagram under my stage name, Sharboogie. I know Sharboogie. <laughs> Sharboogie. Yeah. Big up shout outs to John Good for giving me that name, mm -hmm. Sharboogie. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, people can find me on Instagram, Sharboogie74, or you can find me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. All right, now I'm wearing a real red, real chicks rock, rock t-shirt, and she looks good in it too. Thank you. I yes. got it from the girl herself. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Facebook. I do vet uh, my Facebook friends because I share a lot of personal information yeah, on yeah, Facebook. I understand I'm very that. authentic. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But if people want to have like a business conversation yes, with me, yes. um, I would actually, I'm going to encourage you guys to reach out to Michelle. Yes. Because I need people to support Michelle. I need Thank people you. to let people let Michelle know that you saw, that they saw this show. Yeah, and listen to it. Yes. Yeah. So if you guys, um, you know, if you guys got value out of the show, Reach out to Michelle, and then we'll talk from there. But if you wanted to have more shows on finances, if you know information about finances that you want to share, give Michelle a shout. And, Michelle, how can people reach you? Oh, yeah, that's my cue. So, listen, <laughs> um, I am everywhere. So, yes, I am yes. on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Real Chicks Rock. That's what it is. I got a website. Um, feel free to check it. Uh, we can take comments uh, on the website as well. I am on iTunes, Apple TV, Roku, uh, YouTube. We are everywhere. We are taking these messages and these discussions as far as we can possibly take them. But we need your help, as both Carl and Charlotte said. So like them, share them, put comments in them, um, DM them. If you're going to DM people late at night, DM them with this. <laughs> you know, DM them with some information. <laughs> Versus, yo, what you doing or what you got on. Right. DM them with some of this content right. to help them in their sleepless nights. Right. Because sometimes people are not sleeping because they don't know where right. the next dollar is coming from. And yeah. that is real talk. Right. It is at yeah. the end of the year. People are looking at how they're going to provide for their families. Some right. of them don't even have enough to give their kid a toy. So we want yeah. to empower people right. to get their finances in order so right. that they can live their life abundantly this side of heaven Amen. and this and above the dirt. We don't want to do anything and wait in last minute. We want them to enjoy it to the best of their ability. With that, we had a, a toy drive and holiday dinner on the 14th. I want to thank everybody that um, parted with donations. Thank you. They gave toys. They gave monetary donations. I want to thank you for your time, your well wishes. Um, it was a Friday night here in Georgia, but people still came through and we had a really great time. And it was again, an opportunity to give back to those people that are in need. Mm -hmm. And one toy in a child's hand can go a long way. Trust me. Those little kids had big smiles on their faces because they got something for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so it's about the holiday and we here we want to give all the time not necessarily around thanksgiving or christmas we here trying to give it out 365 so to charlotte's point help support this so that we can turn around and support you and others just like you that's my time i want to thank my guests thank you so charlotte much clark uh, thank Carl you. Agard. Thank you. All right. Thanks, time. guys. I love you, talking money with people. I know you I do. do. <laughs> We're going to bring you back. So you guys, until next time, you hey, take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock.